Hello, everybody. This is my third official podcast, and one I'm the most excited for so far. I'm about to sit down with my mother. We have the most lively conversations. I use her as my sounding board for subjects I don't quite understand myself yet. I bounce them off her. She usually has the opposite view or plays the devil's advocate. I like it a lot. She's a very intelligent woman and honestly, the best mom in the world. So I want you guys to sit back and enjoy. Thanks. All right. I finally got her away from her job. So uh, I start every podcast like with one question. I already told you what it was going to be. Did you think about it last night? I'm still thinking about it. (laughs) So where do thoughts come from? I don't know. I have to think about it. I just want to know. There's no right or wrong answer. I do not know. Most people don't. Nobody knows. What has everybody else said? I've had a couple different ways. Uh, Rachel, she just did my last podcast, and she said they originate in the brain, which I can't say I disagree with her. Um... And Luke said basically the same kind of thing, you know. Like we kind of started talking, gone off on a tangent when we started talking about that. But well, I would assume chemical impulses. Right. That's what I was assumed too. Like if that, if you're going to talk about what's physically happening within the brain, you have. I mean, they can measure it. You know, you have like uh, they put you under one of those fMRI scanners, those weird helmet things they put on your head. Yeah. And then. Uh, they measure like the brain activity and where it comes when you think about certain things. Sometimes they have you ride a bike and like a, uh, parts of the motor complex light up. Yeah, I've seen them do brain surgeries as somebody's like playing a violin. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, they make them do that because if they nick a certain part of the brain and they all the all of a sudden don't know how to play the violin anymore, they fucked up. That's why they do that. Yeah. And apparently, if they just put some anesthetic in there and just take open the skull cap, right? And they don't have to put anesthetic on the brain at all because the brain has zero nerves. So, I've heard that. Yeah, it's You know, one of my biggest idols is Dr. Ben Carson. I think he's fabulous. And so I've read some of his stuff. It's really neat. He's really awesome. Yeah. Mr. Brain Surgeon. Oh, he's a, he's a brain surgeon? Yeah. I didn't know that. Neurosurgeon. I thought he was just a, a surgeon. No. no, he is most famous for... Um, splitting a set of twins at the brain, in the head. At the brain? Yeah. yeah. Did they die? No, they survived. Hmm. Yeah. He was like the first doctor ever to be able to do it. Why is he your idol? Uh, he's a guy who came from a broken family with a mother who was extremely young. Him and his two sons, or excuse me, him and his brother were raised by her she had no formal education, couldn't read or write, and yet she raised and lived in the ghettos. I mean, talk about completely disadvantaged. Yeah. And um, ended up becoming like one of the most famous doctors in the world. It just goes to show anybody can be anything. They have to try. Yeah, it's living the American dream. Yeah. 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 I so. voted for him for president. He is the only candidate, only, ever. That I donated money to. Well, there you go. That's how much faith I had in him. Well, he got a cabinet spot at least. Yeah, smart guy. It's a crying shame because he's under Trump uh, that they hate him. 
Yeah, I, I bet you. That's the only reason I hate him. I guarantee you. If, if Trump he wasn't, the wrong way. Yeah. exactly, exactly. If if any other president or any other person would have appointed him, he would have been just all that. But because he was appointed by Trump, he's hated. So why is he not running this time around? You know what? As toxic as the political arena is, I don't think he could have survived. I, as much as I hate to say it, I don't think he would have made it. What do you mean? He's too nice. You can't be nice so you gotta in take this position. The, you got to take the gloves off kind of thing. He had to, yeah. That's what happened to Bernie. Yeah. Bernie was too nice to Biden. That's why he lost. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I mean, he should have taken the gloves off, and he should have just been like, hey, this motherfucker can't think. You know, like, he can't form sentences. He's. It's sad, yeah, but do you yeah, really want well, somebody with early Alzheimer's? Biden's getting propped up by the By the, the DNC, yeah. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. They're popping them up just even, to get a puppet in there. They're not even hiding it. Like no. It's <laughs> and, you know, and it also depends on who his running mate's going to be because you know, <laughs> well, okay, we don't know. But it's we're gonna, going to assume it's, it's not gonna be Hillary. I don't think. he won't make it through his presidency and the vice president will. Oh, so that, oh I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, it, God forbid Hillary. Ah! <laughs> I can see it happening. I can too. But... I don't Biden will accidentally Epstein think it'll himself. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. She predicted uh, Biden's going to kill himself. Or not. I know. Uh, no, no, no. Epstein. <laughs> He's going to Epstein himself, whatever that means. He did. He, he's a Schrodinger's cat. He did, but didn't kill himself. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, who do you think. Oh, oh yeah. I was going to go talk about this. Is uh, The only way I get. Biden gets my support is if he has a vice president that will, you know, actually care about my needs. They care about my wants and uh, and actions. You why know, why should anybody care about your wants? Because they're my fucking elected representatives. Okay. Be- uh, the American dream: life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Nobody guaranteed you happiness. It's pursuit of happiness. No, but my elected officials better have my my uh, wants and needs in mind before I fucking put my cast my vote out to them. Okay. Just because they're up there on a podium doesn't fucking automatically get my vote. Okay. They should I be catering to me. I understand, but my point is and always has been: I do not need the government to do anything for me. Just quit taking my damn taxes. Quit. Let me keep a little more. So of just what I exist. Earn. I can do it myself. Thank you so much. If for some reason I can't, there's social programs out there to help me. Thank you very much. But pretty much, I don't need them to um, pay for my electricity or pay for my college or pay for my food. I'm an able-bodied working person. I can provide for myself. Quit taking my money. I agree. Let me keep my own money so I can provide. Right. That's all. Okay. Is there something wrong with that? I never said there was, no. Okay. Why are you trying to get heated already with this? Didn't mean to be. Yeah, damn. Sorry. Okay. Uh, but anyways, uh, I. so you're saying that a government or a presidential candidate shouldn't have the people's uh, wants and needs in mind? Or so they should just have... They the should, basics. They should have the basics. With, what are the basics to you? Keeping us secure. Okay. In, in times of war. That's bipartisan. Yeah. 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 And that's it? Um, what else do you want me to say? I don't know. Do Throw you have, some suggestions out. You have Department of Education. You have sure. literally everything they, they, they do. Um, uh, there's the roads, also transportation, infrastructure, yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. My taxpayer dollars need to actually do something, not just line somebody's pocket. Right. Get rid of lobbyists. Get rid of these special interest groups. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And obviously Trump didn't do that. So then why would you cast your vote for Trump? 
Well, the lesser two evils? No, that's a terrible way to go about it. Okay, and your answer is? Vote third party. And as everybody says, you throw your vote away. Oh, you got that have mindset you do. You got more behind a third party. So if. Who's Say, your third party candidate? Uh, there's no, I don't have one yet. Why'd we go politics? You were the one who went straight into politics. Sorry. Yeah. Let's but, change subjects soon. Nah, we will. We'll, go natural. we'll naturally go to something else. You know we butt heads. Yeah. That, <laughs> I, I, I warned them. That's what my intro was. Is, yeah, <laughs> Thanks. I warned everybody that we, we butt heads on politics. But a lot. It's all love. Like If it gets heated, it's don't worry. I'm not yelling at my mom yelling at her policies. Only on the phone. <laughs> and, yeah. Sometimes I go off the rails sometimes, but... Um, I'd probably write in Tulsi Gabbard uh, if uh, if Biden doesn't get a vice president in there that I like or if he caters to what I want, you know, like I'm not going to just have the same bullshit that we've had for the last 12 years. What is it that you want? Um, social change, basically. So like um, I don't know you can legislate that. But not, go ahead. Not, not, I'm not, not, not talking about like legislating, you know, gay right or I guess you can do that. But like. Uh, like social justice warrior shit. I'm not not talking about that. I'm talking about literally propping up the middle class. Like not just taking from the middle class and giving it to the rich. Not giving tor- uh, focusing on the rich and hoping it trickles down to the poor. I want it to be grassroots up instead of uh, top down economics. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So like instead of uh, thinning out the middle class and giving it all to the upper classes, helping the actual mom and pop shops. You know, like the Democratic Party used to fucking be, but what happened to them? Uh, Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton—that's what happened to them. Mm-hmm. Neoliberals back in the '90s. Oh, I can't so, argue with that. Uh, the TPP and then the uh, uh, Trans Pacific Partnership, right? Basically, and then you also had NATO, and then basically taking all of our manufacturing jobs and putting them anywhere else in the world for literally no uh, cost to the businesses. So that's well, where why, it started. You know, why aren't we going after the big and powerful who do terrible things? Because they're the ones who run the country. Well, look what happened when Hillary went and, well, the Clinton Foundation, we should say, um, decided to take over Haiti's rebuilding. Yeah, yeah. How come they're still intense? Yeah. Do you realize how many millions and millions and millions of dollars got thrown into that to rebuild them? They it shouldn't al- be living in tents right now. It also goes to show that just throwing money at a problem doesn't fix the problem. Obviously. So, I yes. mean, there's that. I'm not saying that the Hillary Foundation took the money and ran with it and just, here's some tense bitches, and now I'm taking the millions and running. I doubt they did that. No, but, they hired a subcontractor yeah, with their friends who took the money and who ran. Who took the money and ran, yeah. Yeah. You know, their crony buddies, you know. But, um, yeah, that that is where the Democratic Party really started falling apart. Honestly, Danny, I don't think you can sit there and blame one party for that. You see a lot of corruption both in the Republicans and Democrats. I've said this both. for my entire life. That There's no doubt about it. I, or I've said this at least for the last almost 10 years of my life. What is, makes me so sick is it's so blatant. No. And nobody's doing anything about it. Uh, wait, basically, we're pay, we're, they're both on the same team. This that old George Carlin bit. Um, it's a very big clubhouse and we're not in it. You know, they're all in the same clubhouse. They all work together for themselves. <laughs> and the American people are not in it. They do not give a fuck about us. And this is probably why Epstein kept going and nobody threw him under the bus. Exactly. Weinstein. We could go on and on and throw names out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's rough, you know. And as a small business owner, 
I'm trying to get her to sponsor my podcast. She should give me some money. Oh, God bless his heart. <laughs> you know, after coronavirus, maybe. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, right now she's getting free advertisement because I'm not charging her for this. But because she we're runs sitting a, at Nighthawks Cafe at 4825 North 16th Street, Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. www.nighthawkscafe.com. Closed on Mondays. <laughs> we do takeout and dine-in. Just opened up. Yeah. Yeah, she's paying me 50 bucks for that. No, I'm not. <laughs> Anyways, um, it's it's tough out here for a small business owner, you know, especially a restaurant the, uh, during this pandemic. You know, we were rocking and rolling the first what two months of the year, February. Oh my and, gosh, we've been rocking and rolling for well, a couple, two, three years. I'm saying we were just on. We pace. were on yeah. a record year, big time. Yeah, we were on big pace for time. a record year for sure. And then boom. And then yeah, halt. it didn't really blindside her because she's been basically my coronavirus expert since like <laughs> early January but yes, I have. Um, we actually planned and uh, saved money for this because we knew this was going to happen Twitter um, yeah we Twitter was huge on Twitter. Facebook yeah. didn't say much government didn't say much yeah. Twitter was blowing up Twitter is all the you shit. had to do was do hashtag Wuhan mm-hmm. back in early January and you were going oh my god yeah oh my god and full disclosure I was one of them denialists, you know. I was like, I still don't know what the difference between the, this and the flu is, which... Um, oh, this is ten times worse than the flu. Is it only because of the incubation period? The flu kills more people. Um, you don't know that yet. All the statistics aren't in yet. True, true. Yeah, um, I, can't, I can't say that with certainty. Yeah. We can't say anything with certainty right now except that they do believe that once it hits a certain particular age group, it annihilates them if it gets into them like uh, the elderly. Look what it's doing. Compromised immune power, systems, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah, it's really bad. And when we were watching China and they were actually bolting them in their houses. Like welding their doors welding shut. Welding their doors shut. Yeah, that was a wake-up call for sure. Big-time wake-up call. Then when yeah. you got sick. Yeah, and I got sick in what was I that? Late January, early February. Yeah, like deathly sick. Week, yeah. And you kept running these high fevers, and what got me is you couldn't breathe. Yeah. yeah. And you were as healthy as a horse. There was no reason for you to be that deathly sick. I've never seen you ever in my entire years of raising you ever that sick. I've been and that sick me. before. I had a. Uh, uh, I remember we went to. Uh, Dad took me to the doctor one time, and they gave me some prescription. I don't I was like five years old. I don't remember exactly what was going on. I might have been a little older than that, but I, I remember I was that sick, but a little worse than that even, you know, so, like... Well, it was your breathing that worried me, and that high fever you had. Yeah. And here's the thing, is that, yes, we were watching the coronavirus, the Rona, as I call it. Yeah. We were watching it in early January, watching it, but they kept saying it was not in the United States. So when you got that sick, we did not think it was the Rona. Well, I mean, at the same time, though... It was always in the back of your head. That, but the other, just because the corona was going around doesn't necessarily mean that the other virus has stopped being there, stopped right. being present. So I still right. could have just had the flu. And at first I wasn't, I doubt it. I, was I, I, I doubt it too. I, I'm 95% sure I had it. But, oh, I am too. Yeah. Um, but, and I wasn't, it, it was the breathing that got me with you because you couldn't breathe. And I went, yeah. holy crap. Yeah, apparently people were talking about, um, it's because of vitamin D deficiency. Yeah. Um, and that. that would make sense because all through, what, January and February, we had, what, one sunny day, maybe, here in Omaha? Well, and 
and then if it is sunny, it's still bitter cold. Yeah, and you can't go outside. Yeah, yeah. So, and I'm not taking any supplements. I'm not taking vitamin D supplements. I'm I not am doing shit surprisingly. Like that. I yeah. have been since I was 50 years and old. The doctor told me to get on vitamin D because older women, older. I didn't say I'm old. Women over the age of 50 need to be taking vitamin D. Yeah. So I've been on it since. And maybe, and you weren't as sick as I was. Right, because you got it just after I had it. I'm not sure I had it. Right, right. I just only to, get me a 50 percent chance right. of having just, it. Just, just for argument's sake or whatever. Yeah, right, uh, about two weeks, two to three weeks after. And it wasn't recovered. nearly as bad as me. No, I had yeah. a headache and a sore throat for two. You were able to fight it off weeks. a lot faster than I was. Huh? You were able to fight it off a lot easier than I did. Well, you got to remember, I got extremely bad back and take hydrocodones and. Um, they work not just on my back, they work on everything. So the sore throat wasn't quite as bad until the pills wore But what off. about the breathing? Didn't have that problem. That's what I'm trying to get Never. at. Never. Just the headache and the sore throat. Yeah, like you were able to fight off the lung part of it because of the, probably the vitamin D. I'm, I'm not a doctor, I so I don't fucking know. Yeah, you know? I wonder. But, and well, there's so much we don't know yet. Yeah, and I'm, I've, I've, I talk about this all the time, is I am extremely ignorant when it comes to the body, which is... And that that irritates me t- to no end. And but, your sister's a nurse. Yeah, my sister's a nurse, and I, I'm, I'm so so dumb. I, feel, I sound like a bumbling idiot when I start talking about like viruses and, you know, um, proteins and vitamin D and, and hormones and all that bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. But with the coronavirus, I watched. I don't know if you remember, but I watched Ebola just as carefully as I was watching yeah, I um, this, and. Um, kept a very, very good close eye on Ebola. Ebola's scary. I expected that one to blow up. And Ebola is more scary than Corona. It is. Because of the death rate. But yeah. it's harder to catch. Isn't it blood to blood? It has, yeah, fluid, I think, transmission. Bodily fluids, yeah. yeah. Kind of like the AIDS. But the AIDS epidemic was the same way. Well, at first, because they didn't really, yeah. You and know. They didn't realize blood transfusions, this, that, and the other was part of the problem. A uh, lot we have to learn. Yeah, so, but even, even though, like... What if it was Ebola instead of AIDS? You know, it could have been AIDS was bad, right? You oh, lived God, through yeah. it. Um, I clearly didn't, but I'm just saying, like, if it changed AIDS to Ebola, and we might not have a society anymore. Yeah. You know, that's how bad Ebola is compared to AIDS. Yeah, but the neat thing about Ebola, if you can find a neat thing, is that once you recovered from it, you had enough antibodies, you could have went right back in there. And, and, and that's what they should have done, is taken the recovered... And get them in there to fight this because it was so bad. And I believe the same thing with Corona. If they find that the antibodies are actually a good protection, they need to get anybody who has antibodies in there and start fighting the front lines with this. Uh, that's the only way to combat this. Yes, is testing, right? I, mean, I would think. I, I wish they'd get this. Uh, they're moving fast. They really are. It never seems fast enough. Well, we have 350 million people. Yes. That is way more than almost any country in the world except for China. Uh, And India, I also know, is, is, in fact, I think India has more than China, surprisingly. I believe it. Their density is probably I think they're 1.4 billion and China's 1.3 billion. But who who, who else is even close to that? Uh, United States. Exactly. And that's why we're having trouble with this. Some million. People are like, people are like, using use South Korea as an example. Well, South Korea has sixty million. Exactly. Yep. That's a, a fraction of what we have. Right. That's and like so, and, that's and, like the Louisiana. And that's what pisses <laughs> me off is all the opponents of Trump are sitting there screaming and, and petrifying people. 
Oh my god, the media. Don't get me started. Let's start on the media. Oh, no, boy. I, I, I talk about the media all the time. I'm on here. so angry at yeah. the media. And this is, the, this is a media off. thing. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. I've been shutting them off. I can't take it anymore. Especially, I'm going to say it ABC News. You make me angry. Fuck you, ABC sensationalizing News. Sensationalizing it. Yeah. You know, put it in perspective, put it in percentages, and damn your ass. It's gross. If you ever compare anything to China's numbers, you should be shot. I'm sorry I said it out loud. You are. That's pathetic. China lied. Yeah. Hashtag China lied, people died. For real though, like no China, doubt. I mean, you can't trust anything that comes out of China, especially no. even like the World Health Organization is coming out of China. Like, oh, that don't get me started on them. I'm, this is a podcast. I'm getting you started on this. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, the World Health Organization, the main guy, I don't even yeah, know, his I don't name. know his name. Yeah, but literally just took China's word for it. Said, oh yeah, it's it, it's not even human to human yet. And exactly. they clearly was evidence of it being. Uh, oh community God. spreads. There is you know. reports. It was ridiculous. If you dig deep and watch close, there were reports of this virus all the way back around Thanksgiving of 2019. Yeah. And I'm sorry, if you didn't know it was human to human back in mid-December, you're a blooming idiot. And these are the professionals who are supposed to be watching this. And I am an average nobody and saw it coming. How come they didn't? Yeah, because they... Somebody lied. Someone's pocket got lined by the Chinese government. Yeah, or, I do not blame Trump at all for defunding mm-hmm. World Health Organization. No Shame on yep. them. Fuck the World Health Organization, dude, for real. So angry at them. Like, and China. Yeah. This, we're it, supposed to give up our reins as the world police, but this, that's who we're giving our reins up to? Our people yeah. who are corrupt just like that? It's like... I'd rather be the world police and have the World Health Organization fuck the whole world like that. Well, if we're going to spend the money, let's spend it wisely let's, and do it ourselves. Let's do it ourselves. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's... I love the uh, I love the fact that... Uh, I don't know who it was. I think it was Tucker Carlson. He uh, call, he was calling out Nancy Pelosi and all the, all the people on the left for saying that we should go to Chinatown, blah, 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 blah. Like, uh, in, in March. Around, yeah. In March they were saying this, when it was clearly already here in the United States. Right. And <laughs> then they completely do a 180-degree shift and then completely crucify Trump for not doing as much as they did. Right. You know, they were crucifying Trump for stopping all, all uh, air air travel from China. Right. They said it was racist. They said it was racist, of all things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, I don't give a fuck about racism as long as you're saving lives. You know, it's like, what the hell? Um, it wasn't like, racist. Hello. Exactly. It's not racist. It's like, what the hell are you trying to do? You're just trying to gain political points over human lives? If they were coming That's from gross. Italy and it was Italy having the problem, we'd have shut Italy down too. Just we'd have called it the pizza pie there. flu or whatever the fuck yeah, you want to call it. the woo flu. The woo flu. <laughs> the, the kung flu. Woo kung flu? Yeah, the woo kung flu. <laughs> but, um, and it's like, I, I, I love the fact that they were... Uh, calling these our, our leaders out. I hate calling them our leaders because I think they're complete other pieces of trash, all of them. Um, and throw a grenade in Congress and, and get them all out of there. And, There's and a few good ones. Who? There are, I, well, don't make me name them right now. Yeah. There are a few good ones. If, you, if they were good, you'd be able to name them, well, honestly. a lot of people do not like Ben Sass. I will say one good thing about him and what he did is he was the first one, along with two other senators, can't remember which the other two were, um, who was against the $600 a week stimulus for the unemployment during the, uh, the virus. And I get it. I understand. It's really hard to get the employees to come back to work when you're paying them so well to sit at home. I see both sides of the argument. Yeah. Um, I 
truly believe in the $600 extra because, um, one, that extra $600 is going to come right back into your business. I truly believe that. We're going to, everybody who was sitting around from March, April, and halfway through May, that's because we're starting to open back up, they just have, they have money sitting and burning in their pockets. Not necessarily. Or they paid off their people debts. like you would, because you're very, very good with money. Other people who can't rub two nickels together because they spend it faster than they make it, no. It didn't help them at all. It just increased their habits. Well, maybe then they should uh, figure something out because, hey, yeah. life is fragile. And this Uh-oh. is, and the pandemic is showing it. No doubt. You know, like, all of this can go away in a, in a matter of a week. Yeah. And, uh. And, uh, yeah, but we're going to take a quick break here for a second. And we're back. And I was just, we were just talking about how fragile life is and um, how quickly it can all go away and how quickly all this blew up. Uh, I'm, I was recently watching, not watching, I was listening to a podcast. I talk about this podcast all the time on here. It's called Hardcore History by Dan Carlin. I think I brought it up to you a few times. Uh, but he's talking about how... Uh, World War One started, and they called it the Great War back then. You know, somebody, time traveler going back to World War One. I. I always love this meme. If there's a time traveler from now going back to World War One times during the Great War, and someone goes, "Well, wait till World War Two," and they go, "World War what?" <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that. But anyways, I was talking. Uh, I was listening to it, and. I, this is another question I ask a lot of my, my guests is, how fast do you think it happened? Like, from, uh, do you know, do you know how, how uh, World War One happened, start, started? Unfortunately, I'm not very educated about World War One. Okay, so uh, uh, just cliff notes. Franz Ferdinand, the Archduke of, I think it was Austria-Hungary, gets assassinated, uh, showboating in another country that he hate that they hated, hit, and that they basically took over. And so he gets assassinated by Gavrilo Princip, a really weird name that I remember for no reason at all. But um, he got he gets assassinated by him, and that's when all the dominoes start falling into play. Okay, so from when uh, Princip uh, assassinates Franz Ferdinand to France and Germany in trench warfare, how long do you think that happened? How long do you think that took? I should ask. Do not even have a clue. It took weeks. two weeks. Two weeks for millions to die. Interesting. Yes. So that's how fast things can happen. I was talking to Rachel about uh, this pandemic, or I was talking to Rachel about how uh, we, I thought the world would end, and I told her it was either going to be nuclear war or pandemic. You know, and clearly one came into play, but I don't think it's as bad as I was expecting it to be. I was expecting like an Ebola-type pandemic. But what I'm trying to get at here is things happen quickly. Life happens fast. Yeah. And if you're not ready, life can give you a one-two punch combo in the face and knock you the fuck out. You, you know? almost sound like Ferris Bueller. <laughs> I've never I've never seen it. But, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's an... Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh-huh. It, yeah, yeah, I've never seen it. But um, it's, on, it's, on Netflix. it's on Netflix. You I need to watch I'll it. Watch it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, all, all I'm saying is life happens quickly. And all, all that needs to happen, which is I can already see happening right now, is food shortages. It is having our supply chain 
dry up. All of a sudden, you go to the grocery store. We already saw it with the fucking toilet paper, of all things. But what if you go there and all of a sudden there's no poultry? There's no hamburger. Obviously, right now, there's no hamburger. You know, or you're paying five, six dollars a pound for that stuff, or probably even more than that, even. Yeah, my sister paid nine dollars a pound. Yeah, nine dollars. That's insane numbers for hamburger. It is. But all I'm saying is, like, all it takes is one more thing to happen during this pandemic. And we're looking at a dire crisis more than what we're already looking at. Yeah. You know, and it could happen fast. Well, history forgotten will repeat itself here. It's always good to That's know a your great history. Quote, yes. um, and at the very beginning of the coronavirus, one of the things, I, I do tons of research when I get into this, and I was obviously looking at YouTube, um, and I found a very, very good 40-minute documentary about the Spanish flu in 1918. Yeah, this and is before the pandemic actually hit. I remember her showing. I remember you showing. Yeah, this. this is when I was all up in arms, and everybody thought I was an idiot, saying, "Oh my God, oh my God," and so, and that is part of the reason why I went, "Oh my God," because I watched that 40-minute video. It was a documentary, and very accurate, very good, and it said pretty much that um, one one thing they brought up, which I thought was quite interesting, it was in the middle of World War One or in the beginnings or thereabouts. And miscommunication on purpose, countries did not want to advertise how badly they were getting hit. The propaganda machine, baby. Exactly, because they did not want their enemy to know they're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And um, so nobody was reporting on how bad the, the pandemic was getting. And just, people, no, no, no. People were. Spain was. That's Spain why. Spain was the only one. That's why it got called the Spanish flu. Because Spain. It didn't start in Spain. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, if I recall in that documentary, they said it started in a small town in Kansas. Yeah, and then. Or they, that's where they believe. Yeah, they and then the guy got it from that that and little were, farm. Yeah, they and then he got deployed. Gearing up for yeah. war, they brought it to the camp where they were training, and oh my god. Well, it technically, just went there. the U.S. didn't get into World War One until way late. We were kind of. But with the training and the yeah. deploying and this and that. And interesting how it went from port to port with ships and how it, it spread around the world that way and deploying the troops. Uh, but but watching that documentary really riled me up. It's yeah. like, oh, my God, people need to see this. People need to be aware. Me, and the more I talk, the more people shut me out. And it's like, you guys got to pay attention to this. Well, it's easier to be ignorantly was that ignorantly bliss yeah. uh, blissfully ignorant that's what it is then knowing what's going on and being scared out of your wits I, I mean I'm trying I wasn't trying to be scared and I'm, I'm just afraid prepared. I did incite panic a little bit and I didn't mean to yeah just preparedness is what I was shooting for like I got the w2s out as fast as I could told everybody you hold on to your money this is gonna be bad you're gonna need it yeah because if you didn't tell me that I would have just been doing what I was doing I yeah. was and out of uh, wouldn't have had that little nest egg I could have just saved up on. It turned out I didn't end up needing that nest egg because of the uh, Coronavirus Cares Act or whatever the hell they're calling it now. Um, the $600 a week and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, if you hadn't have told me to be prepared, I probably wouldn't have been. You yeah. Know, well, like, you didn't start listening to me until you got sick yourself. It was about the No, I, I got sick right after I watched... Because what happened is... You showed me that YouTube video of the 1918 pandemic. Yeah. And uh, I watched it and was horrified on my break. 
I, yeah, I, I came back to work after my break, whole different attitude. Yeah. I, I'm pretty bullheaded, and when I have an, uh, an opinion, I usually keep with it, and I kind of kept with my opinion, but like I was starting to shift more towards like this is going to be really, really bad. And then I got sick. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> we need to really gear up for this, you know, like, yeah. and that was, it, it, that was kind of scary. It was really, really scary actually. So, but yeah, it's, well, I'm just, I feel very blessed that we were, we were ready. We were ready. And I did not spend any extra money on anything stupid. I, I, I wanted to be prepared so not only to take care of me, my family, but my employees and my business. Which are an extension of your family. It is. Yeah. That, you got to take care of them. Yeah. Um, which, honestly, if there were more bigger corporations that would do some of that too, it, it wouldn't be. And a lot of them did. A lot of them did. There's a lot of bad apples out there, though. Some of them. Ugh. I mean... You know how I feel about big corporations. I think most of them are evil. <laughs> because if, I think if you inherently only look at the bottom line and your only goal for the year is 5% growth every year, that is a ridiculous way to uh, put your, uh, for economic goals. The only thing that has constant growth over time is cancer. It shouldn't be businesses. Even if you're making a fuck ton of money every single year, and you still want to make 5% more of that every year, that is insane. That is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Greed is pretty bad. Yeah. There's no doubt. That's all that is. And that's what our entire economic structure is based upon. So, like, I think it's inherently evil. <laughs> it's inherently an extension of greed. I don't. Um, and why? I don't th because not everybody's like that. Yeah, there's some bad apples out there, but there's a lot of good companies, too. They take great care of their employees, as it should be. Um, I always told you that this place, this business of mine, I've always referred to it as your little sister. It's a family. Yeah. It is part of me. It is me. I put blood, sweat, tears into it. That's why, that's why I put a distinction between big corporations and small mom-and-pop shops. Yeah. Because with big corporations, you're just a number. They do not give a fuck about you. I don't think they, all of them. They only care about the bottom line. Think about Amazon. Amazon's one of the biggest uh, uh, employers in the world. And they literally have their employees sprinting down their warehouses to, trying to make their deadlines. I don't think you can group anything or anybody or anything into one big lump ever. It is no general. I was what, doing a generalization. You're right. Yeah. No matter what. You just can't. There are, like I said, a lot of good ones out there, a lot of bad ones. But the bad ones, shame on you. We're in this together. Yeah. You can't be out for just me, me, me. We all got to work together and make this right. Yeah. Well, um, so as a small business owner, can you tell people how, uh, how much work you actually put into this place? Ugh. They probably wouldn't believe me. Probably tell me what an idiot I am, because I am. I shouldn't do it. But it's, I can't help it. It's its part of me. It is my life. Um, I probably put anywhere from 65 to 80 hours a week in. Um, What's a normal week like for you? 
What do you mean? Like, what do you, Monday, starting Monday to Sunday, what do you do? Oh, I cook most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> and in between cooking, uh, I'll do payroll, ordering, uh, cleaning, um, pay the bills, uh, handle mm. employee problems, do whatever I got to do to make the place work. Yeah. Deal and with repairs. I just had to put a $50,000 roof on last year. Repairs oh my God, are probably that was almost part. two years ago. Yeah. Wow. Repairs are pretty pretty tough to do, you know. Well, you learn it's, to do a lot of it yourself. That yeah. way you don't have to pay somebody. Anytime I got a repairman here, I'm, I'm looking over their shoulder. Right, right. Because the more I can do and learn myself, the less I'll have to hire someone. But I'm getting older, and my body is breaking down, and I can't do what I used to be able to do. So some of this stuff I can't do anymore. And I'm going to have to break down and hire someone or stand over one of my employees' shoulders and tell them how to do it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I fixed gas lines, electrical. <laughs> Renaissance woman over here. Well, you got to do what you got to do, or you're right. going to pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yeah, they'll bleed you dry for sure. Oh, yeah. Repairs are terrible. Uh, you got to watch your food cost. You know, I and one I learned a lot from my father-in-law, who had Nighthawks prior to us. Yeah, that's my grandpa, by the way, Grandpa Dan. Yeah, there was three Dan Hawks that all run this place. It started with my husband's grandfather, Dan Hawks. My father-in-law, Dan Hawks, bought it from his dad. And now my husband and I bought it from his dad, Dan Hawks. So we are on third generation. And you, Dan Hawks, if it lasts that long, will be the fourth generation. Daniel John Hawks the fourth. All Dan Hawks, which I find is interesting. We are on our, let's see, start 1942, what year are we on? Oh my God. 80, almost 80. We're gonna be 80 years next year? Two years, 82. Oh yeah, this is 2000. years. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Kinda. But, you know, it's it's part of the family. Um, and it's you a staple take of the care community. of it. Yeah. You take care of it like family. Yeah, and it's a staple of the community, you know. Like, uh, if it's, what, 79 years? You could have had literally somebody going coming here their entire life, every single day of their life. They, they were here, you know. Like, yeah. anybody who was working, say, over at, like, Deffenbaugh, or what's the company that's been around here for a while? Uh, Albert's Foods has been around um, uh, a lot of the trucking companies were down the street. A lot of yeah. stuff is closed down. So, but uh, say for example, there's somebody somebody who lives in the neighborhood, maybe who's lived here their entire life, right? Yeah. They've could have came here in here since they were twelve, and came in every single day for the rest of their life until they're eighty. You know, yeah. like that's how long we've been been around. It's insane how if you th think about it. Oh, I, I'm uh, right now. We are serving three and four generations yeah. because a lot of the neighborhood is still here. Their families are still mm -hmm. here, and yeah, I have hired. Well, right now we have uh, three generations of employees. Right. Yeah. Um, two different sets mm -hmm. of three generations. It started with their grandparents have worked here, then their children, and now the next sets here. It's really. Right. Amazing. I always said how much fun it would be if we had an employee reunion. How many hundreds of people would show up? It would be so much fun. We should do that someday. Yeah, I thought about it. Yeah. Uh, sponsored, sponsor it here or something. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, just provide food for everybody and just yeah. hang out. 
that'd be great. We should do that on our 80th uh, Have a band in the parking lot and have a beer garden. It'd be fun. Yeah, it'd be oh real cool. Should, I mean, well, you heard it, heard it here first. That's what we're going to be doing. <laughs> I, I used to be the marketing director here. <laughs> she can't afford to bring me back, but I get it. It's pandemic. It's the pandemic, yeah. Um, and right now I'm flailing for jobs, but it is what it is. Everyone's trying to apply at the same spots, you know. So I've, you know, how I've told you what my structure of my morning is. Yeah. Apply for like 15 jobs a day or whatever. Yeah. I'm getting rejection letter or email after rejection email after rejection email. It's insane how many rejection emails I'm hiring. getting. Well, there there are people hiring. Some. No, there's a lot of people hiring. It's just there's that many unemployed people. Oh, okay. We have like hundreds of people going for the same job. Yeah. And I get it. Like, it's just, I'm, I'm, I haven't even gotten an interview yet. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's rough out there. That's why, coming back full circle, I believe that $600 a week was necessary. Because if I have to go past July 31st, I can do it because I'm saving my money. If I can't get a job past July 31st when this CARES Act runs out, I'm going to have to figure something out. There's a lot of people that even with the 600 aren't going to make it because they can't manage their money. It should be it's, basic school. Regardless regardless of other people managing their money or not, it's going to help me. Yes. Now, is that not no, worth it to you? It is good. It is good. But the government was never meant to support us forever, and honestly, I, it was... A lot of freaking money that when you sit there with a lot of people and incentivize them to stay home, that's never a good thing. They will get lazy. They will not want to come back. And it's hard to get the employers to get them to come back. Basically, they're turning me into a Karen. <laughs> they are. They're turning me into a tattletale. Well, I told them to come back and they won't. So I guess you guys need to cut off their unemployment. Well, why? how did I get stuck in the middle? I don't want to have to do that. You're the business owner. That's yeah. part of your responsibility. I don't like that part of the job. You have to you have to play oh, hardball sometimes. I don't like it. And if you have piece of shit employees, I mean you have piece of shit employees. Yeah, that that's the hard part. That honestly, in being in business, that's probably one of the hardest things to do is yep. let your employees go. And that's why it. you're taking most of the risk and they're taking no risk. That's yeah. why you're the business owner. Is yeah. because you have to do things like that. That's why you make the majority of the money. I get it. Yeah. Because just because I'm against big corporations, I'm not against business owners themselves. All I'm against is the constant growth rate of, of businesses, of the stupid mindset of having to grow grow five to ten percent every single year. It's and all they're doing is just appeasing the shareholders. There's nothing, nothing there that cares that has social responsibility. Money makes the world go round, Danny. Big fucking deal. <laughs> the world will go round regardless if money's there or not. Yeah, I was being sarcastic. I know you didn't hear the sarcasm. I did. I heard all the right. sarcasm. I'm just saying, like. But that's an actual argument people use, you know, like people are, have that say that legitimately, try to say that seriously. I mean, like if I had a million dollar business and I just was stagnant, but I'm still a million dollar business. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a bad business because I didn't grow, you know. Like, granted, if you're not growing, you're dying, just like cancer, I guess. Um, but like. Just because you have to navigate a, uh, an ever-changing landscape doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a, a, your bottom line growth, you know? I'm just a simple mom-and-pop operator. I just make sure day by day I get by and get my bills paid and get, send my kids to school and 
pay my house payment and get my groceries and gas. So do you think it'd be better if places like Walmart were just completely obliterated and it just became small mom-and-pop supermarkets? I don't know. Would you be willing to pay an extra $5 for dog food or something because of that? At this stage of my life, maybe. But back when I was raising kids and money was so damn tight, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, it's... I get it. it I, I know the struggle. The struggle was rough. You're sitting here feeding your customers steak and eggs, and you're going home cooking macaroni and cheese because you've got bills to pay. Yeah. So I know the struggle. But as I'm older and as things straighten out and my kids are raised and moved out of the house, money isn't as tight as it used to be, and it's a big sigh of relief. Well, that's good that's a big sigh of relief. Um, and that if you struggle hard enough for long enough, eventually you make it. I think that's the the moral of that story, honestly. Nothing wrong with struggling. Struggling's great. Struggling, honestly, it's good for you. Yeah, struggle. People don't like that, but it is. I know people who raised their kids and did not want them to struggle whatsoever. They're the biggest losers I know. I they know exactly what you're talking about. do not know how to handle problems and controversy. Because they've been coddled all their life. Mm-hmm. Not good. Yeah. And what is your opinion on... Uh, participation trophies. Oh, don't get me started. No, absolutely not. No, no. Life is full of winners and losers. You got to learn to. That's lose. the one thing that we one hundred and ten percent agree on. Yeah. I, I remember. Do you remember? Uh, I played gladiators. I played. Shout out to gladiator football. Oh, God, Pay yeah. me some money. I don't think. Um, <laughs> but I don't think you guys won one game that season. <laughs> I know. It was so sad and hard to watch my son lose every game. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, you played fabulously. Yeah, and we got our asses whooped every game. Every it was game. bad. You never won, and oh, but it you was know, so hard to encourage you to keep going. Uh, but I did, and it, and, yeah. it, and it built my character, honestly, you know, and it made me realize that when you finally do win, it's so much sweeter. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. that next year, when we went, we went 0-8 that year, and then the next year we won three games in a row, yeah. and it was the best feeling in the world. And then... We ended up going 3-5, and five. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was, like, winning those three games just made everything, just, you know, like, and then everything you made it, better. When you got to North High, you went to state championship, for heaven's sakes. Yeah. That had to feel... Fabulous. It was great. I'm just mad we never did win it. They won the year right after I won, but yeah, but you were uh, number two in the state. Yeah, we were. The, we, we made it the furthest we ever made it, but uh, or that North's ever made it. Yeah. My, my class did. But um, anyways, back to Gladiators when we were 0 and 8. Do you remember the last game of the season? We uh, played. Remind me. Uh, we played the Lovikes at the at Gladiator Field. Okay. And they whooped our ass, obviously, because we <laughs> I think we got beat by like 20 or something. But they gave us the exact same medals that the winners won. <laughs> like, I'm sitting there looking like, I don't fucking deserve this thing. Like, <laughs> I remember giving uh, Jesse Augusta, he was on that little Vikes team. I remember, because I, I knew him, you know, and he lived across the street from Sissy. And uh, he he had the, he showed me his medal, and I showed him mine. We had the exact same one. I gave him so much shit for Like, hey, I got the same thing you did, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I, I remember that to the... I'll remember that to the day I die. Like, just the, the feeling of just, like... It was bittersweet. You know, yeah. it was like, oh, cool, I got a medal, but, like... Uh, what the fuck is... You like, what is this that, representing? You it, knew at that young, tender I was age, nine, it was wrong. Eight, I was eight or nine years old or How something. How do grown adults don't know that that's wrong? It's disgusting. It's gross. Hence, 
the reason our society is in such parole, uh, have such problems right now. It's I terrible. It's a, uh, there's a great quote. Um, hard times make hard men. Hard men make soft children. I mean, you know, uh, because the hard, hard men make society better. Therefore, their children don't have to go through the same hard times they did. Yeah. So, I mean, that's seriously what we've been going through since World War II. Yeah. We have had a Goldilocks period between 1944, 45, till now. This is the hardest thing any generation between them has had to deal with. I just saw a meme yesterday, and I thought, my God, it's so true. And I mean, I, I guess I Vietnam was pretty it. bad, but, I mean, not nearly as bad as World War II. Yeah, the meme was a picture of World War II where everybody landing on the beach, and the meme on the first picture says, uh, majority chance, or a very large chance you're going to die as you step off this boat. And the next picture is a frightened millennial behind a chair with his mask on saying 99.9 percent chance you're going to live from this virus and it it's just exactly hit home like it's exactly what we're talking about and we're a what soft generation kind of children did we raise yeah. it's embarrassing it's and it's embarrassing. not even that you raised them it's it's your parents who raised you and then you and then their parents who raised them yeah honestly we're, we're what we're probably two or three generations away from uh from world war ii yeah. So we're, I mean, it's just that much softer. Every generation is. And, 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 and like I was telling everybody here with this pandemic, um, there are silver linings in this. There are. Look for them. Yeah. Use them. Have you seen the pollution in California? Uh, I've heard or, uh, the, uh, Wuhan. Wuhan, I mean, China. yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, big time down. Yeah. They're back to work, though, and it's starting to build up again. But, yeah, there are some good, good things. Everybody I'm talking to has said what great lessons... Yeah, everybody's had great lessons that they learned throughout this entire pandemic. I mean, I've heard, heard I've got 20 I could probably name off the top of my head, you well, know. Which one sticks out in your head? Discipline. Discipline is the biggest thing that's that's sticking out in my head because um, <laughs> I probably shouldn't be disclosing this with my mom, but um, <laughs> so through March and April, I was, I call it my drug haze. <laughs> I was going through, I was, I was doing uh, edibles almost every day. And it, it's just pot, you know, it is what it is. But I was realizing that the more and more I did it, the more and more I needed to get the same kind of high. I was like, so, and then the more and more I would do, the lazier and lazier I would get the next day. And it was just, you know how, how you do like momentum? You know, like how momentum kind of pushes you into different things, right? Yeah. Well, I could see how people could, could take a marijuana or pot as a gateway drug to other things, you know, to being a complete loser. I think it was pushing me in that direction. Once I realized that, oh my God, my unemployment money could run out and my mom can't afford to bring me back, I go, okay, I got to get my shit together. Yeah. So I, I was like, that's when I need to put discipline back in my life or, or discipline or structure. Sad, I, I intertwine those two terms. But what first thing I did... I was like, okay, stop pot. I just haven't smoked or ate uh, gummies or edibles in whatever day is it for 21 days now. So first day of March or May, first day of May. And uh, and after that, I was like, okay, next thing I got to do is make my bed because I make my bed every single morning because it gives me a feeling of accomplishment. 
That alone. You saw that video, didn't you? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Um, but that, it's a it's a common thing. Everyone everyone says make your bed in the morning because it it's good to get you started. Which, as cliche as it sounds, it works. Yeah. Because that was the only momentum I needed to stop me on that drug haze. Like, wow, that's good. That's it. Like it, it, it started me on one thing, and then did another thing, and then another thing, and then another thing, and then another thing, and then it just keeps building and building and building until you're able to, you know, to where I'm at now. Well, with me, I was doing. It felt like 110 miles an hour every day for 10 years, and then I came to a screeching halt with the pandemic. Yeah. So the first day or two, I did get a little lazy, sat around, and relaxed and rested because, boy, did I need it didn't realize how fast and hard I've been going all these years. Um, but then, again, structure, absolute necessary. And the more I sat around, the more I'm thinking, I've got to, and I didn't really sit too long because you can't just stop like that. So I started looking around the house. Of course, working that many hours for that long, my house was needs some TLC. I mean, it wasn't a filthy pigsty, but it wasn't ever to my standard. And my standard, I try and keep it pretty high. Always have your house ready in case company comes over. Right. My house wasn't there. Um, so I decided, after taking a day or two to rest and relax, um, I need structure. Of course, making your bed, I 100% agree. No, but it sounds so simple, but it's so important. And the next thing was get dressed. Don't lounge around in your 90s. One day, I lounged until 11.30 in the morning, only once, every day. The latest I ever slept in was 6.30. Um, when A.M. A.M., <laughs> yeah. Um, mostly because my body said I had to get out of bed. I hurt so bad when the morning time comes. You, you just can't lay there anymore. But when you're used to getting up at 4 in the morning and being to work by 4.30, quarter to 5, Every morning, outside of Mondays. Um, Nighthawks is closed on Mondays. Nighthawks is closed on Mondays. Open um, every other day. <laughs> Mostly breakfast. Come and get some biscuits and gravy. <laughs> every segment, she's giving me $50. I am not. Anyway, <laughs> so I decided at that point, you know, get your house in order, get your yard in order, clean. Oh, my God. Tools. Shame on me. I had tools in every room of every house scattered. How many houses everywhere. do you got? Well, I'm so sorry. Every room. I know it was yeah. insane. All over the garage, all over the basement. Oh my god! So I decided I every was, day. I was impressed how organized the basement was when I got there the other day. Oh, I. It was a, it was terrible. Well, <laughs> but I mean, I get when it. When you're in yeah. a hurry, when you're working 65 to 80 hours a week. Yeah. Um, it's hard to, I mean, it, it's just something that you don't see every day. It's no, not something that you need to get, get done and organized. You can shit. shut the door yeah. down there. Exactly. Um, but I decided I have to have a game plan. So every day I would try and plan, what am I going to do tomorrow? That, that so Benjamin part Franklin of did today's that. job was, what am I going to do tomorrow? And keep moving. When you stop, you die. No stopping. Yeah. No stopping. I've seen so many people retire, and they come to a full stop, and then it's like the brain starts getting mushy. If you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. It's cliche, but it's a, it's a thing. Very true. So you mm -hmm. can't do that. So I stayed busy. Obviously not as busy as I probably should have because now we're back to work and my endurance, oh, good Lord. Ah, it'll come back. I don't know. You have know. 29 years of of endurance, that, that your body, of muscle memory, basically. So you'll be all right. I guess. But, you know, this is only, what, day five, three, day six. My legs 
Oh, I could stand for hours, hours on end, and now it's just killing me. And But back to endurance and, and, and structure, very, very, very important. No messing around with that. You can't get lazy. You can't sit around and do nothing. Yeah, you can't get soft. No. Yep. I mean, I don't know. You probably don't know who this guy is, but do you know who David Goggins is? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I love him to death. He's a he's a crazy son of a bitch. Um, he he's a former Navy SEAL. Okay. And he got out, out of the service. He got like fat, like just big old fat dude, right? Mm. And uh, I saw him. He's a, a YouTube video. Yeah, he's got. And he he's, had it was on. Um, no, not that one. Not that guy. No, okay. that that's the uh, paratrooper who got back. Too many parachute yeah, jumps. Yeah, and he was the. DDP, uh, Dallas, Diamond Dallas Paid Yoga, okay. uh, what recovered him and now he's sprinting and shit. Like yeah, that's a, a very it's inspiring amazing. story. Yeah. yeah, but uh, no, David Goggins is a guy who was probably 300 plus pounds, okay. and he just one day just something snapped in his in his head, just like I gotta fix this. Yeah, looked in it in the mirror and the, like I think the next day or, or like within that week he signed up for a marathon. Oh, broke every bone in his feet. Oh. But finished. And now he's... I'm getting goosebumps thinking about him. Now he's... He does difficult things for the purpose of doing difficult things. Because that's what he... He... he his, uh, his motto is, get hard, motherfucker. And he yells it. He just, like, makes up shit to get mad about just to start running. Yeah. And, like, he stretches every single morning. He yeah. runs hundreds of miles a day. And, like... Uh, and he's just a very, very inspiring person. I love David Goggins. And but yeah, uh, <laughs> the reason I laugh is because uh, his wife is on like a scooter and like is filming his Instagram stories, <laughs> and he's just sitting there yelling at the at the, uh, uh, at the phone and just like making up excuses to keep running. And like he's probably hundred hundred a mile hundred miles in, and he's just yelling, "Get hard, motherfucker! Get hard, motherfucker!" <laughs> just, like, just keep running, just keep going. And sometimes when I'm on my runs in the morning, I just I yell that shit to myself, and it's like, uh, "Work the fuck out! Get hard!" <laughs> just, and just keep going. And it, as dumb as it sounds, it works. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah. it's just it's self motivation. You know. Gotta have it. Yeah. You don't have it, you're gonna just you're gonna fail. And some people just never had it. Like it's that's the grossest part to me is they've never they've never they've never been able to pick themselves up. You know, they've never been able to rely inwardly on themselves. It's always had to. I've always leaned on somebody else. Yes. But the, you don't know the person's background and how hard True. their life was. You don't know anybody's. No. Yeah. Um, and everybody has a story. Yeah. And some people can overcome it, and some people can't. Which Those is... are the ones we got to help pick up and get them motivated. There's nothing wrong you with can't... being a motivator. and But you can't make them do it, but you can try and motivate them. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, but that old adage... Can lead a horse to water, you know. Make them drink it. Exactly. Like, I think a lot of this comes down to parenting. What do you think? For sure, parenting is so extremely important. You cannot be your child's best friend and raise them properly. You just can't. Friendship stems from good parenting. That makes me angry when you have these mothers running around and saying, "Ma, I'm my child's best friend," when they're thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years old. 
You can't Shame be, on you. Right. You're supposed to be teaching them right from wrong, not participating in all the bad stuff with them. Right. You can't be their friend until they're out of high school uh, <laughs> or even out of college, agree. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, honestly, my I always tell everybody who has a kid, I said, if your child says they hate you when they're young, you're, you're doing, doing a great you're job. You're doing something right. You're yeah. doing a great job. Yeah. Friendship stems from good parenting. You are not allowed to... Sh- Shit out a baby, yeah, I said it, and just let it run around while you do your thing. That's selfish. That all selfishness is gone when you have children and you decide you're raising them. You have to raise them. You not just have them, right? And again, something they should be teaching in school. You want teachers to be teaching how to parent. To a certain degree. So how would that... Home ec class isn't all just about baking a cupcake. What would that class look like to you? How to balance a checkbook, how to make it in life, how to hold a job, how to show up on so time not necessarily, for your job. not necessarily a parenting class. It'd be more so like a, a life class. A life class. Right. Sure. I, I 100% agree with that. I to think. which once a person learns this and they start having children... This will be instilled in their kids. Yeah. You don't stick your finger in a light socket, and if you do, I'm going to spank your finger. What's wrong with spanking? How come all of a sudden that's a bad thing? I didn't mean beat your child. That's not at all what I said. A swat to get their attention. Yeah. Do you take a rolled up newspaper and smack your dog on the butt for doing something wrong? I don't mean beat your dog. I mean get their attention. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. It's discipline. It's called discipline. And ever since, uh, I, I want to say that was probably the beginning of the social justice warrior movement, was the uh, anti-spanking uh, movement. Remember that? Yeah. Like, if you spank your kids in public, they'd call it CPS on you, Child Protective Services. It's I was, like, I was pregnant. What? I was pregnant with you, Yeah. and Elizabeth was about three years old. She got, And I was eight and a half months pregnant with you. It was ridiculous. I could barely move. I mean, she took off on me, and I couldn't get her, and she was running into the middle of the street and I finally got her and when I got her I gave her a nice little warm smack on the butt and these parents walking by said to me the audacity you didn't have to hit her oh my god did Dan come unglued on them my dad yes got extremely angry at them and told them pretty much to mind their own business but you know what Elizabeth didn't take off into the street again by god I saved her life right I mean, Sometimes it takes something so dramatic to get their attention. And again, I am not advocating beating a child. Yeah, you don't take a, a baseball bat and like crush their skull, but you, you smack right. you smack their butt and make sure that they're... Uh... That's why God put padding on their butts. Give them a little swat and wake them up and say, hey, we don't do that. Yeah, 100%. I, I 100% agree. Um, but... There is a fine line you got to walk there, though. You know, I, yes. I, I'm not. There's some some people who take that way too far. You know, that's a very slippery slope, it and is. you and you could cause traumatic stress to a little child if you if you do it too often. Agreed. You know, and so. one rule of thumb again, maybe it should be taught in school. Never discipline in anger. Don't be angry. Don't take your anger out on your child. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, and that will discipline for a lesson. Yes. Yeah. And every stage is different. 
okay, at two and a half, three years old, maybe a little swat on the butt would get their attention. Right. At 13, I'm dating myself back when uh, nobody had iPhones and nobody had tablets. All we had was a computer. One of my best disciplines for you guys was no computer. And <laughs> you guys thought you'd be funny. Well, guess what? I took the power cord. <laughs> yeah, I was at work, and yeah, I couldn't stay home and make sure that you stayed off the computer. But by God, if I took the power cord, you're not getting on. You got to be creative. Right. You have to be creative. I got so angry at you guys one time, you wouldn't clean your room. I took your entire room and threw it in the front yard. That was Liz. I always clean my room. A liar. I didn't have any of my stuff in the front yard. No. You're misremembering this. Huh? You're misremembering that. I did it to both of you. <laughs> Maybe I'm misremembering. I don't know. Memory's a funky thing. Um, but, no, I, I, I agree with all that. Um, it's just, where's the line, you know? Like, uh, I, I bring this up to a lot of, I, I think I brought this up to you before, where, you know, you have, it's the it's the classic, where does, when does a mound turn into a mountain? You know, like... Where, where does why is it a bluff instead of a hill? You know, like where's the line at? There, there's no actual definition of child abuse. You know, like yeah, you probably shouldn't lock him in a cage and under the stairs, but you also probably shouldn't beat the shit out of him either. Yeah, if you remember your purpose and your reason for doing it, it's lovingly trying to direction them in the proper place. Right. And I don't have any kids, uh, full disclosure. So, like, I, I this is purely speculation on my behalf. I'm just playing devil's advocate. you got to remember to do it lovingly and for their own good. Your sole purpose as a parent is to raise productive adults. Other, do you think that there may be other ways to... Uh, discipline or get their attention i'm putting that in quotes plenty ways then not spanking them oh yeah i i really don't think a, a spanking per se is maybe just a swat on the butt or a smack on the finger yeah is only good at a certain age and it's completely null and void at a certain age i mean once they hit i don't know i can't even remember i'm getting old uh, they get to a certain point where a SWAT isn't going to do it anymore. You have to be a little more creative. No dessert. No TV. Uh, you don't get the you car really keys. You really are dating yourself. I am. I am. <laughs> I don't even But watch you know TV. what? It worked for me. No. God, it was hard. Oh, my God. Can you imagine raising a kid now? Oh, no, I can't. I feel so sorry for these younger kids right now. Yeah. All the social justice warriors whom I absolutely hate. Who now are having kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, letting, them, letting their kids decide that they're trans. And you're wondering like, why we're getting fuck? so soft. Yeah, and allowing them at seven years old to have the surgery or the chemical right. pills yeah. to, do, to start the like, changes. You don't, even, you don't even allow them to fucking uh, dress themselves, but you're going to let them dictate something that's going to affect them the rest of their whole fucking lives. Yeah. It's like, exactly. your logic is, is breaking down real quickly, and well, like, and they just turn a blind eye to it. Society is turning a blind eye to it, which is scary. We, as a society, should be stepping up like, hey, 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 stop that bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> we should be disciplining the social but justice if, warriors. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah. Maybe you should start a Facebook page like but that. What the, what's, <laughs> what's scary, though, is we have corporations bowing down to these fucks. Yeah, well. You yeah. know, that's the scariest part is... You know, 
say, um, Chick-fil-A did it. Just for example, like just hypothetical situation. Say back in 1995 when Blockbuster was at its fucking peak, right? And you have this group of protesters going outside saying, "Oh, I don't think Reservoir Dogs should be on your shelves." Do you think Blockbuster would have been like, "Oh fuck, oh fuck, we better not put that Quentin Tarantino movie out there because it's hyper violent." <laughs> no fucking way would Blockbuster cave to these motherfuckers. Yeah. But now you have Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A, of a multinational fucking company bowing down to people who. Because they didn't like because they, uh, yeah. the Salvation Army. Whatever. Is what it what, was. Who gives a shit what it was? Yeah. Who gives a shit about that? You shouldn't be giving into these things. Yeah, the gay <laughs> community got very angry at Chick Fil A because they donated to Go the to Salvation Popeyes. Army. Go to Popeyes. Yeah. This is America. And that was really sad because uh, Chick Fil A is not shoving fucking their chicken down your throats, dudes. You know, like. Yeah. Go well, somewhere else. Like you told me a few years ago, let your money speak for you. Exactly. And I 100% agree. Yeah. 100% agree. But you have these people who are just probably mad at their own lives, mad at how soft they are, screaming into the void, and then somehow, some way, these fucking uh, social media, uh, these, these, co- these companies see these opinions and they cater to them. They yeah. cater to these motherfuckers. Fuck them well, it's like, I always said, it's like a screaming teenager who will not shut up till they get their way, mm-hmm. and people get so sick and tired of hearing it, they just cave. Yeah. Right back down to parenting. You know, if you're a parent, you're not going to cave to a screaming teenager. No you stand your ground. And eventually, you will have a product or a, a, an adult who actually is going down the right path, but with, you keep caving, they're going to keep screaming. Yeah, and they'll it'll get worse and worse and, and worse. worse and yep. worse, and it will not end. Somewhere, somebody's got to draw a line and stick to it. Yeah. And so what? You're going to be the dirty dog. So what? You're going to be the asshole. Exactly. It'll they'll get over it. Yeah. And it's it's gross to me. It really is. Yes. Everything angers me. Which I can see. I understand them. I understand where they're coming from. Where they're like, racism's bad. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Racism it is. is bad. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. But you can't go calling Ben Shapiro a Nazi when he's a goddamn Jew. <laughs> exactly. Just because he has uh, 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 conservative ideology doesn't make him a fascist or a Nazi. Right. It's like you can't just be calling people that willy-nilly because it, it dilutes the actual meaning of the phrase. Oh, yeah. It's sexual know? assault and rape. Exactly. Yeah, you can't it's The crying wolf that. shit. It's the crying wolf shit. Because the people who really did get raped, you're lessening their attacks. They're, exactly. Not right. 100%. Not good. Yeah. Right. This is something that we... I, I warned the podcast listeners ahead of time that we are polar opposites on a lot of issues, but this is something that we completely completely agree with 100% all the way through. <laughs> I mean, I'm my politics lean a lot progressive and hers lean very conservative, but I think this is on both sides of the aisle or the silent majority hate the social justice warriors. I think most people hate them, honestly. I think that they're just a very small minority screaming as loud as they can. Hence why they get the attention. Hence why they get the attention. Mm-hmm. The silent majority needs to step up and say, shut the fuck up. Like, if you had a screaming kid in, the, in a movie theater, how many of the people are going to look back and tell that parent to get that kid out of there? I think I've, uh, quite a few would. That's what the silent majority should do to these social justice warriors. Yeah. Yeah. It is insane what they're doing. Now, did you hear about what they did to Jordan Peterson? Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. Jordan Peterson's one of my idols. Like, he's... Jordan Peterson 
is right up there with, with Joe Rogan with me. Like, I love them two to death. Uh, it, a good comparison to you would be, like, your Ben Carson. Mm-hmm. So, like, I almost idolize them. But um, uh, you have these uh, trans rights people, because apparently somehow the media mischaracterizes Jordan Peterson as a transphobe. I'm putting that in, in quotation marks. He doesn't give a fuck. Just be what you want is what his, his message is. And, uh, but, so the media gets to uh, do their shit. All people do is read the headlines. Transphobe, Jordan Peterson, blah, 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 right? These motherfuckers are literally pulling uh, the fire alarm, pulling mm-hmm. the fire alarm at his conferences, at his speeches, mm-hmm. and bringing literal, like, uh, jars, mason jars full of quarters and shaking them so that nobody can hear what he's saying. They do that to Ben Carson. Yeah, they're, shut, they're like trying to shut him down and silence him when if you have something to go against him, just say it. Right. You know, like don't just try and shut people down because it goes against your ideology. Right. You know, like that is fascism. Yeah. <laughs> um, ben Carson has a saying, or not Ben Carson, sorry, Ben Shapiro has a saying, facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah, 100%. And it's true. And don't... I, I, I don't like ben, a lot of Ben Shapiro's uh, his, his, uh, ideas, but I like, ben, I like Ben Shapiro as an intellectual. Okay. So, like, I know he thinks about his shit. You know, that's all I care about. As long as you bring bring me a reasonable, <coughs> excuse me, as long as you bring me a reasonable argument, I will respect it. You know, but if you just try and shut me down, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes that's all they have. Because they don't they have, have they don't have anything to no. stand on. They're just when you ask they're shouting into the wind. Facts and yeah. actually put sentences together exactly why they sound like bumbling they, idiots. Yes, they do. Hundred percent. It's, it's pretty yeah. sad. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Well, listen, we've been doing this a while, and you have to get to the bank, so I'm going to have to sign this one off. It's been fun. Good. Thanks for talking with me. Yeah. Well, this is for my own selfish pleasure. So. <laughs> All right. Have a good one, guys. Bye.